Hello everyone, Alexis Brooks here from Higher Journeys, back with another episode of Conscious Commentary. You know, as I get more and more into doing this little segment that I started, oh, about a year or so ago, I so look forward to uh, sitting down with you. And I do feel like I'm, I'm actually having a conversation with you out there, even though I can't see you. I know you're there. So uh, today, uh, I've been looking forward to doing this as well, uh, because we're going to be talking about something that is near and dear to me, uh, and that's imagination. Now, if you've been listening, if you've been tuning into Conscious Commentary, and maybe have read some of my posts previously, uh, this is not the first time I've covered imagination. And the reason why it's not the first time is because I happen to think that there is something so incredibly powerful, primordial even, about our ability to create using our imagination. Here's what got me, uh, prompted me to want to do this little episode, this little segment. And that is the most recent show that I did, our our regular long form Higher Journeys radio with my friend and colleague, Rosemary Ellen Guiley. She's lovely. Uh, We talked about practical magic, practical magic, how it can be used to effectively shift the circumstances of our lives. We covered a lot of things, you know, we spent a great deal of time talking about the importance of a meditation practice, um, regardless of what your motivation is. Meditation has so many benefits. And particularly, if you're looking to sharpen your psychic skills, your intuitive capacity, uh, if you're a paranormal investigator, she had, she had even brought that up that she has uh, advised other folks because as some of you, as some of you probably know, she is a very uh, well known uh, for many years, uh, an investigator into the anomalies of life, let's just say. And so in, in the context of that, she had mentioned that um, her thoughts are, were that anyone that's interested in pursuing that line of work, they need to have their intuitive knife sharpened, if you will. Uh, and meditation is a great way to get us there. We covered, um, oh gosh, so many different things, obviously specific uh, practices that we might employ. And she really kind of gave us a philosophy of psychic ability, the fact that we all have it. This was based uh, on her book, one of 65 she's written, wow, called Guide to Psychic Power. We have a link to uh, get the book and to learn more about her. And of course, listen to the show Um, that is also linked to the post that accompanies this little segment. So many links and so many episodes and all sorts of good stuff. Uh, Nonetheless, I wanted to get into something that we actually didn't spend a heck of a lot of time talking about. As a matter of fact, I don't think we really touched on this at all during our uh, airing of the episode, but we did talk about this offline. And that is, what makes an effective magician? Now, when I say magician, obviously, that tends to conjure up notions of sorcery, and maybe, you know, um, black magic, or, you know, practices that are that are really steeped in secret and occult traditions. And I am using the term magic, loosely, and even magician, because I believe we're all magicians, by the way, Uh, alchemists, even we have the ability to transform to transcend. I have fervently felt that to be the case 
as far back as I can remember. So one of the questions that I posed to Rosemary when we got off the air was something uh, having to do with the role that imagination and improvisation play in the uh, the efficacy or the the effectiveness of psychic or magical practices. And I got to tell you folks, without hesitation, she said, Alexis, you know, maybe a lot of people don't know this, but within, you know, heavy magical circles, if you will, uh, some of the most revered magicians and yes, sorcerers and all of the names that we've used knew this intuitively that uh, it, it wasn't about relying solely on on guides and books and ancient traditions passed down through history, not not solely at least, but the ability to reach into the deepest aspects of our imagination when creating ritual and ceremony and modality that uh, our greatest magicians used. They knew this intuitively. I have always been fascinated by that. And I, I think I've had an affinity toward that idea, uh, as I have always been interested in what we're really made of from a psychic perspective, because I know that that is at the heart of who we are. I really, folks, feel that uh, fervently. But along with that, I have also somehow sensed, out of context, meaning there was no book that told me that, <laughs> no um no manual, no course that said, use your imagination. It just felt right. So I want to really get into that for, for a little bit today. And, I, and I'm hoping that I can impress upon some of you to really reignite, take out of dormancy, that which we have innately, and that is creativity and imagination. There have been so many references made, ancient references as well as modern day, I would say less so in modern times, because we do tend to rely so heavily on um, outside um, advice to get, you know, uh, self-help books, uh, etc., outer gurus to, to provide answers for us to life's big questions or how-to guides. I think how-to guides are becoming more popular than ever. But I think we're missing maybe the most important ingredient, and that is trusting on the inner guru. You may have heard me say this before. The guru is within. In order to really ignite and make stuff happen. Going back to my uh, my discussion with Rosemary, I wanted to bring up a couple of things to her that I had tried, uh, which by the way, are not original, but I, I, again, without even really understanding the history of these little things, I felt an affinity toward them. One of them is rhyming. Rhyming. Now, I, in later years, I've learned that rhyming does have a connection to magical practice. And where that was uh, sort of discovered, I don't know. When, how it was discovered that there was something quite powerful in uh, the, the act of rhyming. And yet, years ago, uh, I felt I, I would just love to rhyme, and I and I felt very um, 
empowered when I did it. I do it to this day. So we talked about that. And sure enough, she said, as a a matter of fact, Alexis, yes, that is something that is definitely uh, known in in magical circles and magical practices. Um, And interesting how she explained that uh, rhyming, there's something about the act of rhyming, particularly when it's done out loud, that provides a measure of completion of enclosure, uh, it, it, it emanates a vibration, particularly, again, when spoken out loud, and that vibration is felt in the body, and the body then emanates that into the cosmos, broadcasting it, essentially. And ha- in, in that process, it gains a measure of power and is primed to manifest. That's an interesting thing. But the bottom line is, I didn't read about rhyming anywhere, at least not when I started it and and knew and did it specifically to, um, to try and use it as a part of a manifesting exercise. So that was an interesting little thing. Look up rhyming and magical practice and see what you come up with. I think that's kind of neat. You know, I just want to mention too, on the rhyming front, uh, interesting information about uh, Muhammad Ali, now the late, of course, Muhammad Ali, and how he integrated, and you can probably recall, if you're old enough to remember, uh, how he would constantly, probably before a big fight, he would come up with these little um, rhymes, and I cannot quote one of them right now, uh, something in Manila, I can't, th- I can't think of it, but he would come up with these little phrases, he would make them up, he would make them up. And they would obviously uh, pertain to the individual that he would be fighting and how the fight, the fight was won by him, he would make up the rhymes that would really illuminate the result that he wanted. And invariably, I think it worked a lot. Let's move on from the rhyming because there are a few things I want to get to. Um, Getting back to this affinity for imagination. Do some people have this more than others? You know, you think of people that are left brain versus right brain, practical versus idealistic, etc. Artists versus uh, non-artists. <laughs> and you have to ask yourself, are there some people that maybe are born with more of a propensity for uh, exercising imagination? I don't know. Uh, I do think that I am one as definitely a right brain leaning person. I I don't think that any of us are or in fact should be uh, all of one or the other. I think it's about a balance. But I do think that there are some that do have an affinity for uh, not even an affinity, but a necessity to create. Um, it's, It's almost like a form of oxygen for them. They realize on some level that that is a basis for keeping them going and and flourishing and quite successful. I mean, you look at uh, many of our thought leaders, I'm thinking right up, of course, off the top of my head, people like, I'm thinking of scientists, Einstein and Nikolai Tesla. Um, uh, oh, gosh. Oh, my God, I can't think of it. Swedenborg and um, Sir Isaac Newton, all scientists. And yet, they had a proclivity toward imagination and spoke openly about it. Here's here's a quote that it is said that Einstein was quoted as saying, I do believe this is referenced in one of his works. He says, quote, imagination is more important than knowledge. 
For knowledge is limited, whereas imagination embraces the entire world, stimulating progress, giving birth to evolution. This isn't new information, folks. It's, uh, it's quite knowledgeable at this point. And yet, why is it now more than ever, and I want to get on my soapbox a little bit here, why is it that so many rely so heavily on getting how-to uh, tools to shift circumstances in their lives? I want to learn how to bring more money into my life. I want to learn how to be a better banker or you know, these days we've got plenty of life coaches. I want to learn about life. So I've got to get a coach. And this is not a diss, folks, to all those life coaches out there. But I think that we've got definitely this uh, sort of leaning or relying a little too heavily on the outside giving us the answers when the inside has got that beat (laughs) completely. There is something about imagination and effectively utilizing it that perhaps ignites the power that is inherent in magic. The magic is embedded within imagination. Here's an etymological breakdown. I want to kind of bring this up to you. Think of the word imagination and break it down by syllables. I, magi, nation. We are a nation of magicians. I'm actually quoting uh, Bashar, the well-known entity who was channeled by Daryl Anka. That stuck when he first, when I first heard him in sort of a channeled state uh, talking about I Magi Nation. I related completely to that. But I thought, let's look into that a little bit. I Magi Nation. We are a nation of magicians. What is that all about? The word Magi is a part of the word imagination, isn't it? And if you look it up, magi, although it has several meanings, not uh, the least of which is the the famous three magi uh, in in religious texts, the three wise men who came to visit the baby Jesus. But it also has its roots, its origin in the word magus, M-A-G-U-S, pronounced magus, who was regarded as a magician, a sorcerer, or an astrologer. That tells me that, again, etymologically, when you look at the word imagination, that's not an accident. That in order to be a a powerful magician, a sorcerer, that you have to ignite imagination. You have to uh, ignite the the creative force within you. It's very interesting isn't it? Something to really contemplate. Again, I'm pausing because I'm just thinking about um, how that gift has been lost in the shuffle of modern life. We know that uh, probably, and I can't speak from the data, I could certainly look it up, but probably one of the, if not the most popular selling books today, whether it be audiobook or paperback or whatever, are self-help books. It's kind of interesting that they're called self-help when they're nothing but, you know, nothing having to do with self-help. They're telling you how to help yourself. But in, in truth, you are looking at a book that's telling you how to do something, even if it's how to help yourself. <laughs> Again, I'm falling back on 
this idea, this notion that so many, I, I don't know, are we lazy? Are, do we not trust ourselves? That we have to be told from the outside to the inside how to get something done. When the secret to me is to ask the inside and project that into the outer world to affect the change. Quite interesting. I challenge you all to ignite imagination. I do it all the time. And I think it's fun. Let me give you another quick example. I'm looking at the time and I, you know, I really do try to keep this at 15 minutes, but once I get on a roll, it's a little difficult to keep it that short. Let me just give you this example. Many of you probably know I love crystals, the mineral kingdom, always have ever since I was a child and I've been a collector for years. Um, we know for those of us that use crystals energetically or even aesthetically, uh, medicinally, etc., that there are many books out there that tell us how to use them. A quartz crystal is used for this and an amethyst for that and a rose quartz for this. And if you want to, uh, if you want to uh, bring forth your spirit guides, you use this and blah, 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 blah. Now, I am not at all undermining uh, these ideas, because I do think they, they these tendencies that certain cr- crystals and minerals have certain energetic qualities that might actually bring about uh, or facilitate these these uh, experiences that one may want to have, and so I think that there may be some some truth and some history certainly to these uh, associations. However, I have to tell you that when I began working with crystals. And I say working with them because I, I have used them and still do in meditational practices and making grids and different things like that. I am by no means an expert. Uh, I am an experiencer and an explorer of using crystals. And I am really kind of not feeling working with them prescriptive, prescriptively. I do have indeed some books that I have since collected and I've looked at them, uh, but not as a guide. I think again, uh, I, I, I use my imagination when I'm working with crystals. I improvise. And I think, again, when you kind of, when you don't do that, you sort of undermine the the, the fun and the beauty that can come from the process. Now, I, I'll tell you what I do, what I have done, is let's say I want to use a crystal to um, enhance, oh, my dreamscape, my dream life, for for whatever reason. I want to have more vivid dreams. And so, I know that there's probably a crystal, which by the way, is just a tool. It's not the source. It is a tool that we can work with to to enhance my dreams. Well, guess what? There's a crystal for that. <laughs> there's an app for that. I will not purposely will not look it up, but rather I will intuitively pick out the crystal, go through the process, see if it works, and then I will go and look it up and see if I was in alignment with what they quote unquote say uh, crystals, which crystals would be best for this sort of practice. Just something that you can do. Any th- modality folks that you decide that you want to sort of experiment with and play with, try to do it with an infusion of imagination. Again, remember imagination Einstein says is more important than knowledge. Knowledge is limited imagination is unlimited and it is our birthright. So 
Let's use it. As I'm listening to the landscaper's approach, <laughs> I'm going to shut this down because I know you don't want to hear lawnmowers in the background. You go off and get your imagination cranking, will you? And let me know what beautiful gifts come from it. Hit me up on my Facebook page. It is facebook.com forward slash higher journeys, of course. And we will talk to you next time. I imagine you are going to have a great day. So go do it. Thanks again, everyone. I'll talk to you soon. I am Alexis Brooks from Higher Journeys. Take care.